So if you look at where we're going, a huge number of employers will never meet their candidates or their employees in the future in person. Um, and that's just a crazy thing to think about. Yes. Um, you know, they'll be, they'll be doing work for these employers potentially for tens of years and they may never meet those employers in person, which is crazy. Welcome to The New HR, a podcast for HR professionals who strive for more than just compliance and paperwork. We believe that HR is at the heart of any organization, so our show is all about meaningful conversations with HR tech founders and high performers who are driving change in the industry. From employee journeys to HR platforms and wellness in the evolving corporate world, we cover it all. Now, here's your host, Mark Jackson. Hello, welcome to the new HR podcast, and I'm your host, Mark Jackson. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, uh, Ewan Cameron. Uh, Ewan is the co-founder and CEO of uh, Willow Video. He has over 15 years experience in digital marketing and product development, working with large UK and US-based clients in retail, beauty, automotive, fintech. Uh, Ewan has a rounded understanding uh, of operating and growing a business from the ground up. Uh, Willow is his fourth startup, and it's a, a virtual interviewing platform that helps companies receive video and responses to your questions remotely from anywhere in the world. Welcome, Ewan. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here. Thanks. Um, can you share a few things about your background? What has kind of brought you to where you are today? I, I gave a little summary, but is there anything that you wanted to touch on? Absolutely. Um, sure. So my uh, my career started, as you said, just over 15 years ago, and it started in digital marketing. And the premise really back then was uh, I wanted to find a job that I actually enjoyed doing, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, so I went to university and studied business and economics. I left um, with no idea about what I wanted to do. I was none the wiser, and I ended up landing a, a digital marketing job and I thought, this is quite fun. I get it. I really enjoy the psychological element. I really like psychology. So I thought this is quite cool. Uh, and it connected with my business and my economics degree to a certain extent. So things lined up. And I was like, hey, I can do this for a few years. We'll see how it goes. Um, so yeah, I started off my career in, in that kind of path when digital marketing was becoming a department within organizations. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was uh, the first person in this department, actually. And slowly but surely built this department up around me to 35 people in the end. And the the traditional marketing team got smaller and smaller and smaller. It was really interesting. Um, but then I, I started um, sort of experimenting with new businesses and new ventures. And as you said, this is my fourth. The previous business ventures were all um, just really from curiosity. I wanted to do something, create something, do something a bit fun. Having digital marketing background as well um, allowed me to to at least get these ideas out there. I already knew that part I could do, um, and then I started dabbling in product and, um, and and actually getting a really good understanding of, of mostly website um, design, so like designing e-commerce websites and the full funnel of, of an e-commerce website. Whether that started to turn more into product development and digital product development, and, and that kind of just grew grew arms and legs over the over the course of my, my career. Great. So tell us, what, what is 
Willow and who's using the software and who, who gets the most value out of it? Yeah, great question. So the, the business Willow was started just over three years ago and the premise behind Willow was I'm hiring people and I'm really struggling to connect with candidates and find candidates um, for who they really are. I'm a dyslexic person and I've, I've had dyslexia for like 20 years. I've known about it. And I'm getting all these CVs in, all these resumes in, and I'm trying to read CVs or resumes, and it's just terrible. Like, I can't read them. There's just too much good on there. So I'm making poor decisions and, and struggling to hire people. Um, and that's where the whole concept of Willow comes in. So Willow was was a solution to my problem. I'm customer number one. I'm struggling to hire people off, off the back of CVs and resumes, but I want to hire people based on personality. And this is where Willow came along. I started asking people way back when uh, to send me in videos. So I would be like, hey, Mark, tell me three things about you, why you want to work here, and a little bit more about your you know, your experience in your previous job. And then they would send me in a video. And those videos would start coming in. And the concept was, was really just there. It was a concept that worked for me. I started receiving videos and hiring people off the back of it. I made some of my best hires that I ever made um, off the back of these short videos that people were sending in. So I decided, let's make this mainstream. So this is like 2016, 2017. Decided to make this into a mainstream thing that people could actually use and scale it up as well because that was one of the challenges I had. If you if you think about the traditional hiring process, you get a lot of applications in, you got a lot of CVs or resumes in. That's quite difficult to actually manage. But when you turn those into videos, it's even more difficult to manage because it's a lot of content. Um, and it's, it's difficult to actually even store that and, and process that kind of data. So um, that was one of the kind of key things for us is how do you make like a lot of content, like video content manageable? How do people actually use that and consume that and share that? Um, and use that as part of their decision-making and hiring process. So that was what we decided to design. And then 2019, I spent the whole of that year um, while running a digital marketing agency that I'd set up, spent the whole of 2019 basically designing, iterating, redesigning this platform um, to make the best experience ever for candidates and recruiters. And the idea really was, how do we make candidates and recruiters lives easier? When you look at candidates, there's a whole bunch of stuff that candidates hate about you know the traditional hiring process. It's like, like stressful, anxiety-inducing, um, it can be quite costly if you have to travel. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on there. Uh, you know, it has to be done with the employer's time, even if they work shifts. It's really, really impossible. And then on the, on the recruiter's side, nobody likes sifting through CVs. Nobody likes sifting through resumes. Um, that's just a really unsexy, boring part of the job. And it doesn't really lend itself that well to, to finding people and hiring people. Um, so that was really the idea was how do we bring these people together in the most simple way possible. Um, so yeah, essentially what Willow is today, to answer your question in a short, shorter way, Mark, um, Willow is a, an asynchronous video interviewing platform. We allow people, um, companies all around the world to ask questions um, of candidates and candidates can respond to those questions, text, audio or video, um, and they can send those responses back in their own time, most importantly, from, from anywhere on any device that they like. And then those recruiters can watch those videos back in their own time. It's interesting because 
a resume is definitely one dimensional. It's it's really dif- difficult to get a, a true sense of a person off of a piece of paper. And be perfectly frank, I think you mentioned anxiety at the beginning. There's a lot of people, you know, that have that lock up when they're doing tests. If you think back to university days, a lot of people don't perform well on tests. There's a lot of people that don't perform well when they're put on the spot in terms of an interview. It's it's uh, traumatizing for a lot of people. So you're able to break through and find those those you know those gems that may not necessarily be discovered from from a traditional process. Absolutely, yeah. I think the let me just jump into the anxiety piece for a minute because that's a piece that a lot of people particularly when they're recruiters or their employer side um, sort of use it, they feel that like that's an excuse. So they'll say, oh, well, if you, if you get anxiety in an interview, you're probably not right for us anyway. Um, and really what they're doing is just narrowing the pool of people down that they can actually obviously interview um, to the people that just managed to make it through the interview. And they exclude a whole bunch of people that potentially have just never interviewed before. So that's quite anxiety inducing. You've never done this this activity before the first time you do it is naturally going to be a stressful a stressful time but then there's just people as well that just don't do it very often or don't enjoy talking about themselves and that's fairly that's a fairly natural thing as well so i uh, i think the the anxiety piece when i was doing a lot of my early research um in, in the first few years in particular stood out to me anyway as one of the key challenges from a candidate perspective and um, they felt they wouldn't even apply for jobs mark so like a large number of candidates I was speaking to, they would just stay in their current job because they were too too nervous or anxious about applying because they knew that there would be an interview and a hiring process. So when you think about that, that's people they aren't even seeing. Um, they're not even getting into the application hiring process in the first place. It's interesting. I, the second part of that question was who gets the most value out of that? So you think, you know, uh, you know, head of people, um, you know, HR directors and things of that nature. But sure. When you boil it down about what you just you just covered, actually the people that are being interviewed on it are getting value out of it as well because they're able to to let their, their more true self come through and, and perform better. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's an interesting challenge that we actually have here, Mark, in the company. Um, if, if we look at our customers, they're obviously the people that pay the bills and keep the lights on, but then our candidates are also our customers. And they just happen to not pay us, but they happen to use the platform. And we need to keep both happy. Uh, and that's one of the challenges that, that not many SaaS companies can say that they have. Um, but we have to we have to keep both equally happy. Um, and both obviously come with their own unique requirements. So I, I, I know we touched on a little bit, but if you could just kind of carve it out in terms of if we wanted to, if, for instance, ourselves, that we were looking... Uh, for a way to streamline our business hiring process, how can Willow help with that? Sure. Um, so this is this is um, the easiest way of answering this question is if your company is already doing phone screening calls or Zoom screening calls, Willow is going to not only replace those, but it's going to make them a lot more scalable and a lot more effective. So if you, for example, come to me, Mark, and you say, hey, we, we put our jobs out on Indeed, we get applications and we sift those applications and then we phone screen for three days and we speak to you know 30 or 40 of those applicants and then we move them on to a face-to-face interview and then maybe on to a second round face-to-face and then an offer we would replace immediately that that piece that phone call piece so rather than phoning 30 of those indeed applicants you could invite all 150 applicants 
from Indeed straight to Willow. Um, mm-hmm. What you'll find is that just in, because of the nature of, of um, the process, you're filtering automatically. So you're going to filter out a few of those candidates. Um, typically the candidates that were just like speed apply. Um, so they're not really going to be investing the time in the interview, interview process anyway. Uh, so they'll they'll drop out straight away because they see the Willow interview and they go, oh, that's going to take me some time. And then you're, get, you're going to end up with a hopefully a more engaged cohort of maybe you know, 80, 80% of those. So maybe like 70, 80 candidates of that, that initial pool will actually complete the Willow interview. And then those recruiters will receive the 70 or 80 candidates and they can review them all. But they can also collaboratively review them. So if you think about the, the phone screen that I just mentioned there, that's normally somebody sitting on the phone taking notes or trying to take notes. And then at the end of the day, you know, typing them all into a spreadsheet or something and trying to summarize those notes. But they won't be able to remember what happened most of the day anyway. Particularly the ones in the morning, at the end of the day, you won't remember what that candidate at 9 a.m. said anyway. Um, but what the beauty of, of using something like Willow is, is that throughout all of those 80 interviews, they're obviously all captured and stored forever, but they can also be shared then with the hiring managers. So that's that's a really unique aspect of what we enable organizations to do to their hiring process is actually break the, the kind of traditional process apart and actually pull candidates out and push them out to the hiring managers and also to the teams that they might be working with um, to allow them to make decisions much earlier on. Um, and that's really powerful because, like I said, traditionally you're sitting on the phone, it's one person speaking to another person and trying to remember and take notes, which is just a very difficult thing to do. It's funny, as you're talking, I was actually just thinking about something for us. So, you know, obviously you can use Willow for full-time employees, part-time contractors, even um, interviewing uh, engineering talent for uh, software development and things of that nature. Um, you know, the traditional going through services like Upwork or or there's so many of them, um, you know, it's, it's, and they have their own tools, but it's, it's difficult really to uh to to manage that so i think willow would be awesome to to you know inbound the uh the engineering talent and kind of assess them as well absolutely yeah we we see a large uh a large chunk of our traffic comes from upwork in particular um a lot of obviously applications come through upwork um okay. people then send those applications straight to willow and that allows them just to, to filter uh to get to real people so you'll find a lot of a lot of Upwork as well is, is maybe quite spammy or botty, um, whereas this just allows you to get to the heart of it and actually uncover real people. And again, it does that. It does that that filtering for you, that time investment piece. Like you can set an Upwork all day long and send applications. You can just copy and paste like, "Hey, I'm great for this job. I'm great for this job." But when you put them um, in front of a Willow interview, they have to invest the time, um, and it's not a huge amount of time. We're talking 10, 15 minutes on average per, per candidate for interview. So it's shorter than a traditional like phone screen or interview, um, but it's still time. And the great thing is, you know, the, the Upwork talent is all over the world. Yeah. It's just not in the EU or North America or it's it's everywhere. Yeah. And you don't know where that talent is going to come from. It's like in the past three years, I've been surprised myself in terms yeah. of where you find yeah. uh, the right fit. I was, I think I mentioned earlier, I was on your website earlier today and I noticed that um, uh, one of your platform's features has digital identity uh, verification for companies to ensure that candidates are who they they claim to be. Can you just kind of walk us through that quickly? It sounds interesting. Sure. So this uh, this really came from 
uh, COVID and over the past few years, a lot of organizations um, in, in Europe and, and North America were doing ID checks and right to work checks using Will. So they were asking candidates basically like hold up your ID next to your face on your Willow interview and we'll use that as our identity check. That was great and that worked really well for a lot of organizations, but it was obviously not very foolproof. Um, and then what actually ended up happening in the UK was the government in the UK uh, decided at the end of last year, um, October 20, yeah, October 22, that that was no longer going to be allowed. So we decided to make this into a formalized process. But because we have customers in every country in the world, it had to be a global process, not just a UK process. Uh, so what we ended up building, um, which was an amazing project because we did it in a very short space of time, um, but we also delivered a, a huge amount of value really, really quickly on like first release, which is quite rare. Normally we're going to market with MVPs and this is one of those features that went to market with an immediate uh, benefit for a lot of our customers. What, you, what we essentially have is an automated identity verification process built into the platform. So imagine you set up a Willow interview you can ask, um, you can say, hey, Mark, what's, uh, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite uh, pizza? And what is uh, your, you know, your favorite city? And then the fourth question can be, um, please confirm your identity. When you get to that fourth question, all you need to do is fetch any government-issued ID, as long as it has a photo on it. So that can be an ID card, can be a driver's license, can be a passport. It doesn't really matter. Uh, we'll you know, tell you whether that will work based on um, your country of origin. And then you just hold that up on the camera. We'll then check the documentation to check, first of all, is it valid? And then we will check to see if it's been tampered with, which is really cool. And then we'll check that the ID matches the person actually on the camera. Um, and all of that happens in real time. So there's a few things you have to do. You have to move your face around to prove that you're a real person, not photo getting held up next to a photo. Really? Um, so we do like a liveness check. We do a fraud check on that. Um, we'll do a tamper check on the documentation. And then all of that goes away. So the candidate submits that. It all goes away into our servers. And then we deliver a result back to you within 10 minutes. Um, so the employer can see, was it um, green, amber, red? So we do green if it's like everything checks out. So it's all, all of these different points that I mentioned are valid. Uh, we do amber when some things are maybe not quite right. And then we do a red when it's blatantly not the person that says they were, or it's a fraudulent document. Um, and that's a really powerful thing to do because yeah. if you think about the story I told you a minute ago, there was a huge amount of risk that the employers were taking by doing that. If you have, imagine you have a team of five and they're all doing that every single day, chances are there's going to get, there'll be people that will sort of slip under the radar and end up being hired into your organization. And depending on which country you're in, that can result in quite big fines from tax and uh, government. So we uh, we took all of that risk away, which is why it was an immediate value for a lot of our customers. They just suddenly had you know, a PDF report as well, which they could actually print out and store in that person's file um, to say that, yeah, we did hire them. This is why we hired them. And this is the ID that we gave. Um, so it's a really cool process and it's all automated as well, Mark, just like the, the Willow interview um, process in general. So it's a really nice sort of add-on feature, which has been successful. Yeah, it's it's a great idea. It's like when I saw it, it was it just it's a fantastic idea. 
Yeah. And he kind of made me laugh that actually during part of the process, you have to move your head around at kind of a yeah. proof of life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this candidate has life in him <laughs> instead of just the picture. That's, that's great. Um, so obviously we're living in a, you know, thankfully living in a post pandemic world, uh, after it, you know, highly affected so many working ha- habits and so many industries and Willow on your blog shared a report showcasing that over half of uh, the respondents are unlikely to work in the office again. What are your thoughts on this topic, and what do you what do you think are the the pros and cons of of going forward like this? Yeah, I think the so this is an interesting one um, for me to answer because I think a lot of a lot of what we were trying to do with Willow pre pandemic was looking to the future of work. Like, what did that future work look like? And a huge piece that we were we were seeing, um, and it was early, like 2019 was was obviously quite early for remote work. We've seen it change massively over the past three years. But in 2019, it was pretty rare that you worked remotely. You know, organizations, most of the big organizations never spoke about it. It wasn't like a thing um, that you had. You had an office and everyone came to it. That was just accepted. Um, but what we were trying to do back then was predict that this would be a change. I think what's really interesting is that the pandemic has sped everything up significantly. Um, but what it really, for me, in a way, underlines is that there is there was a there's been a change in the in the power play that used to exist between employers and workers, um, and, and that that balance has changed forever. And I think it was always changing over the past maybe twenty years, um, where you know you even you look at like if you speak to I don't know any any kind of candidate today, they will have a very different approach to the hiring process than a candidate twenty years ago would have had. Twenty years ago, the, the candidate would have been trying really really hard to jump through all the hoops that the employer presented to them, at the detriment of potentially you know their own job that they're currently in, or and their own to the detriment of their own health sometimes because it can be quite like stressful long processes that you know candidates used to have to go through. And whereas now, if you ask a candidate, hey, how do you approach the hiring process? They would see it as a two-way street. They would be expecting to answer a few questions, jump through a few hoops. But on the flip side, they would be expecting employers to jump through a few hoops to win them. And I think that's like a massive change when you look at that, like just as one example. It's just a huge amount of change. And I think that the the kind of Willow interviews is one of those pieces of the puzzle where the employer is saying, hey, Mark, can you interview for us? But they're also then saying, Mark, interview whenever you want, by the way. You don't have to do it at 3 p.m. tomorrow just because we want it done at 3 p.m. tomorrow. You can do it whenever you want. You can do it in your house. You can do it in your pajamas. You can do it on the beach. We don't really care where you do it. Um, we just want to, to find the best talent we can. So um, yeah, back to, the, back to the office piece. I think it's just one of many moving power play pieces of the of the bigger working uh, the bigger puzzle um that the workforce is going through and i think it's an interesting transition which companies are obviously still wrestling with a lot of the organizations that, that i know and, and speak to a lot of the bigger ones in particular where they've got a huge amount of uh, commercial real estate they've also got a huge amount of employees that are already back in the office and they're wrestling with this kind of power shift um from employer to employee and I don't think they're going to get that, that, that balance back, but they can keep fighting it um, for as long as they want. 
because uh, I think there is only one winner and it's going to be the employee in this case that's going to win. Um, particularly yeah. when we look at things like gig work, the the rise in freelance work as well. There's so many options there for candidates to, to obviously work and get paid on their terms. That I think it's as much it's a much more difficult place for employers. They have to be smart about how they attract and treat employees that um, and working wherever they want. It's just one part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you nailed it in that response. You used the word transition. You know, every, everybody, you know, everybody wants to sum it up as, you know, is the light switch on or is the light switch off? But it's not. It's everybody's still trying to find their footing and it's different in every industry and it's just yeah. going to continue to to evolve. Absolutely. And it's different, I guess, even across different cultures and things as well. We're, we're speaking from a mostly Western perspective, but it's also true. interesting when you look at like the Asian perspective, it's very different. The, the Asian perspective was much more work wherever you want, work from home pre-pandemic. So it's interesting to see these shifts and, and like transitions happening in different places, different paces. Okay. Interesting. How about Japan? Do you have you had any experience in Japan? Because I think of think of that culture, I think the you know, the working man obviously is there's working men and women there, but yeah. you have that kind of iconic working man image of somebody going to an office building in Japan. Have you seen a big shift in that culture at all? That's a great question. I do not have a huge amount of knowledge on Japan, unfortunately, but it's somewhere that I would like to learn a lot more about. We have two customers in Japan, um, and they're both quite heavy users of Willow, but Unfortunately, not a huge amount of insight into into Japan, but I uh, I, I understand what you mean. There is a yeah. There's a lot of uh, kind of images of, of people putting on suits and going to offices every day, and that's and that's obviously that's um, there's a huge loyalty there as well to your employer. Which I don't know whether that will still be here in, in 10 to 15 years time. I know that yeah, like in, in certain cultures like Japan, you get your employer, and that's your employer for life, right? Do an episode on Japan. That's a good. Yeah. Um, I know we we touched on it a tiny bit at the very beginning. Thank you for sharing that. Um, but while carrying out our research for the episode, we came across this amazing uh, article on HuffPost where you explained the difficulties of of uh, writing that I guess reading CVs with dyslexia. Um, is there is there anything else from that experience and and how Willow is trying to? Uh, clarify and assist that you that you wanted to add on to that or, or share yeah um that's a great question so the personal challenge i had obviously was dyslexia and dyslexia makes um, lots of both like free employment and then also employment challenges so once you're in a job it can be quite a challenge as well having something like that because well first of all i never told anyone I had it for the first 15 years of my working career <laughs> so i only told people about a year and a half ago um because i was i was aware of like the stigma that may come from it um so i'm always trying to like over those over those years of my career pretending that i didn't dyslexia um and then trying to cover this thing up so that made it just a, a challenge straight away um because you you want you want to like reveal this thing uh, it's much easier once it's off your back but always the back of my mind was the stigma um so that was a challenge um but before i even get jobs so when i was applying for jobs i couldn't write a resume literally could not write a resume one of the challenges of dyslexia is um organization and like structuring a text and as you know a resume is a structured document 
that typically follows the structure um, and it's normally um, quite predefined by the, the template or the person that you speak to um, and they'll say this is the structure or what your CV or resume to get um, but when you're dyslexic that's really difficult to do um, because just structuring any text is difficult uh, so I found that really hard I ended up producing a CV which was terrible um, and started sending that out and I just knew it was rubbish you know there's there is nothing I could do about it. I'm like, this is the thing I've produced. Companies want it. I have to start sending it out if I want to get hired. Um, and it was a real like barrier to me. So when I'm thinking back to my younger self, I want to solve that problem for for other people, which is one of the driving forces behind Willem. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of take that to the next level now with with the ability for like a whole number of different disabilities to actually get access to hiring and get into hiring processes you know we have for example the ability to use screen readers so you can um use willow without you know having for example eyesight you can't, you can't maybe read the screen but we can have audio um so you can you can interview your audio only um you can adjust the text size the contrast um just even the fact that you can do it in your own environment is quite powerful for a lot of people um so you have, for example if i in a wheelchair and your office is not accessible to wheelchairs I can't come to the interview whereas with Willow I can interview in my home I can interview whenever I want and that just opens up the opportunities for a lot of people that have disabilities whether they're like physical or or not um, to, to actually get into the, the workforce which is really important for me I think that's the that's the, the piece that's been really really exciting to see come out of, of this business over the past few years is the fact that we've been able to enable more people to get into into the employment process and the hiring process and um, who otherwise wouldn't have because either they were being discriminated against through the examples like the wheelchair in the office or they were just being um you know forced out by the maybe the anxiety of an interview process coming up so they never applied in the first place so they just mm-hmm. dropped out for no reason that's a huge reason behind no shows which goes on and talked about no shows we often assume are, are people that maybe went out the night before and got drunk and they're too hungover and they're too lazy um, but a huge number of no shows are just too anxious to actually show up like they physically cannot leave the house and um, to come to the interview and, and employers are just like oh let's ignore that who cares um, but it's a really real problem that we we should be solving interesting so all of those successful you, things you're doing in terms of inclusion and bringing new people into the full was that in the original roadmap or was that just a just a, a an absolutely fantastic yeah. byproduct of it's a byproduct of what we've been doing yeah i mean in the in the initial blueprint it was really just to connect people with jobs um we didn't really think about who those people would be or how far reaching this could go where we can actually enable people with all kinds of challenges like originally the, the biggest challenge we were trying to solve was um the geographic challenge so if you're here in the city and the, the job is over there in another city, you just can't get the job in that city because you can't travel. Uh, it's maybe too expensive or there's not good roads. Um, or maybe, you know, you don't have a driver's license or whatever. So we were trying to solve the geographic problem to start with um, because that was that was pre, pre-COVID, that was a challenge in itself. Um, you know, you had, you had people that were stuck in small towns and, and sort of villages all over the world um, and they just couldn't get jobs because they couldn't travel to the city. Uh, so we had that as our kind of core thing, but then yeah, the byproduct of what we've been doing over the past few years is just you know opening up slowly and surely more and more um, ways to interview, which is great for 
both diversity and inclusion. Yeah, I remember the uh, pre-interview questions, pre-pandemic, one of the questions was geographically, where do they live? Do they live close to our office and yeah. do they have a car? You know, what is yeah. access to transportation? Amazing. You can never ask that question ever again. Yes, it's amazing. I mean, when you think about it, when you cast your mind back, it was crazy that that was ever a criteria. Um, if you, for example, are trying to hire the best person in the world to do this job, when you're casting your net around a 30-mile radius of where you, you, you're based, the chances are quite slim that you're going to find that person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as we're speaking, more you, you your website says that more than 33,000 people have been hired uh, with the help of Willow, which is a, a great achievement. Um, the question is, how can keep companies keep ensuring that candidates have great hiring experiences during mass hiring? Could you kind of give your, your sure. it doesn't have to be top 10, but like a top three or five things that they mm-hmm. need to keep in mind? Yeah. Um, so biggest one that we see, because it trips companies up in mass hiring, to be honest, is the communication or lack of communication. Um, so when, you, when you're doing mass hiring campaigns, the communication needs to be really clear. Um, so if it's going to be, for example, um, I'll give you an example that's, that's come across my desk in the past few months. The organization didn't make it clear um, what, the, what the process was just in general, but more specifically what, what language they wanted the candidate to speak in, in the interview. Um, and that meant a huge number of candidates dropping out of their process. Um, like literally like 30, 40% of the candidates dropping out because they weren't clear on what they wanted from the candidates. So I think communication is really key, but also communication needs to be mindful of the different types of people that might be in your process. They might not be native English speakers, for example, um, or they might have different cultural expectations. We're talking about the post-COVID world and the people can be anywhere that you're, you're hiring. So communication and clarity of communication is super important. I think that's number one. Um, the next one for me would be the actual process itself. So outlining the process and making that really clear, whether you put that on your website um, or whether you put that in the sort of um, job ad, it needs to be somewhere really clear for the candidate. So another one that we see, and it does come across my desk more than I would like it to, is candidates will come to us and they'll say, hey, this employer told me to use Willow, um, which is great. I've done the Willow part, but what happens next? And we're just sitting here thinking, the employer really should have communicated that with you um, because otherwise the candidates, you know, you can tell by the way they're speaking to us, they're on the verge of just dropping out because they're confused um, and they can't be bothered wasting their time on a, an employer that can't even figure out their process. So communication, clarity, and then clear process and, and actually publishing the process somewhere is key. Um, and if you haven't done those two pieces, then I don't think you're ready to do mass high volume hiring to better if you can't do those successfully. Um, those, and then the, the third one would just be the actual experience itself. So when we talk about the the employer uh, branding and the candidate experience, what does that look like? And, and the best way to to do that at scale is just actually put people through it, right? And like start, start with a process that you think is good, put a bunch of people through it, and then ask them at the end, how did they feel that that hiring process went? Uh, what did they leave the process with? Uh, how did they, you know, feel at the end of the process, on versus how they felt at the start of the process, and then improve it from there. I think what's interesting 
about hiring at scale like that is that because you're putting potentially thousands of candidates through it, you have the options to optimize as you go, like in flight. And I think that's a really important thing that, again, sadly not a huge number of um, hiring managers and recruitment teams around the world do that successfully, but continuous optimization of the of the, the candidate experience, I think is key. If we talk about it in uh, like another context, like e-commerce, for example, um, which is similar, you're trying to obviously like sell stuff, um, you're trying to win candidates, same kind of idea. In an e-commerce environment, you would always be looking to optimize that funnel, um, whether it's you know through messaging, whether that's through you know branding and um, your colors and, and all that kind of stuff. We do it all the time in e-commerce, but we don't necessarily do it that well in hiring and recruitment. Uh, okay. But I think it's it's something that particularly high volume recruiters can easily do because they have the volume there, they have the data points. Um, so hopefully those those will be my top three for you, Mark. I think okay. communication, process, and then brand experience and, and employer brand. So I'm going to jump a little bit ahead, but mass hiring just made me think of obviously what we see a lot of in, in the news these days is layoffs too, right? Yep. Certain segments, certain companies. So do you have um, any other modules? Like so obviously you're at the beginning of their journey. Do you have an offboarding or is there something in the other modules in the, the roadmap yep. that you want to share? Yeah, that's an excellent point. So it's um, something that a number of our customers use, which is X interviews. So if we look at the traditional exit interview, it either doesn't happen because the hiring manager is too scared to do it, or it doesn't happen because the candidate doesn't like the hiring manager and, uh, and they want to leave the organization as soon as possible. So it never happens, and then that, that data and that insight gets lost, unfortunately. Um, when, when we use something like Willow, um, because the interview can be done in the comfort of the candidate's own home, it's traditionally happening once they've left the organization. Um, but what it allows you allows you to do as an employer is capture why they left, how they felt about it, um, how the you know employer treated them, and that could be played back and used in the organization for future improvements and enhancements to how they obviously treat their staff. So quite interesting use case. It's not like a core use case, but it's a really interesting point to pick up on Mark that you can use asynchronous interviewing for exit interviews as, as, as successfully as, as morning interviews. I think it has a lot of value. You know, I think, um, you know, so many people, you know, so much work is transitory and people go to companies, leave companies, go back to companies yeah. and, you know, on their way out, if they're treated shabbily, no. they're going to tell 20 people, but yeah. if they're treated, you know, the conditions and economics change all the time in our world. So, you know, when there has to be a change, if they're treated with thanks and kindness and respect, I think that's gonna that's gonna echo within their their network and community as well. And you never know that person may be back at your organization unless they're they're exited because they're a, a not a good fit. Absolutely. To the the exit interview piece is a really interesting area, which we'll hopefully get onto in the next year or two in our roadmap is to actually build that out as, as more of a, a full-featured picture because what we're starting to see as well, Mark, is that because we've been trading for so long, three and a half years now, huge volume of candidates coming through the platform every year, we're starting to see people apply multiple times through well for different employers. Uh, so there's a, there's potential for us to start joining the dots up between 
you know, hiring interviews and ex interviews. And actually, is there is there any trends in, the, in that data that we can look at? Interesting. Um, there was another thing that we uh, the, came across on your on your blog, and it basically uh, it was an article that was uh, tips for hosting a killer virtual event. Um, I had never heard of the term before, so can you share a little bit what a virtual hiring event is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is if if we talk about the traditional hiring event, so this would be like an assessment center, for example. Um, one of the biggest challenges with assessment centers, apart from the, the organization, is the cost. Um, so if you look at the cost of an assessment center, it can be astronomical. Um, so for example, if you want to run an assessment center for a day in the city of London, you'd be writing a check for like 50 to 100,000 pounds or dollars um, just for that one day on the hopes that you obviously meet some good candidates. And that will be you know, spent on things like the the venue hire. Uh, that'll be in, spent on the furniture potentially, the fittings, the branding for that venue. Then there's the staff. There's going to be some technology there as well, typically to like actually collect all these people when they're coming in, so like CRM. And you're going to have like you know goodie bags, gifts. You're going to have food, drink, coffee, all that kind of stuff. It all adds up. It's a huge expense, particularly if we're talking about graduates or entry-level roles, which is normally what these assessment centers are designed for, the, the, the maths don't really stack up that well. Uh, whereas when we look at a virtual hiring event, what we're talking about is basically a website or, or a portal that you invite candidates to on maths, similar to the, the one space. But what we're doing is inviting them all to this portal over the course of maybe a couple of days and then giving them a series of challenges so it might be, for example, to, you know, complete this quiz, complete this test, solve this problem. Um, once they then do those things, they can go away and do their own thing and get back to their you know, current job or whatever. Um, and then the employer can then spend the next few days and weeks sifting through all the people that came to the virtual event. But there's a huge reduction in costs and overhead there, which is the real benefit from an employer perspective. From a candidate perspective, the benefit is is more what we spoke about earlier on. Um, so you're going to have more people just turning up to your virtual event um, because they can. Typically, these virtual events are, are happening you know, in the middle of the week, but they'll run in for like three days. So it might be like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So that gives candidates a good job to come. Whereas if you look at a normal, traditional hiring assessment center in the city of London, most people can't come to that. Like if you're, if you're not in the city of London, you can't go. Um, so you just reduce the pool of people automatically. And then the people that do go are spending, you know, potentially a day off work. They're taking a day off of work from their existing employer. They're spending money on like, you know, tube tickets, maybe buying a suit to actually look the part when they turn up. Uh, so there's a huge disadvantage for candidates as well to these physical assessment centers. They're also very stressful environments. I don't know if you've ever done one before, but an assessment center environment is super stressful because it's like a, melting pot of candidates all want the same thing um, and it's sort of created to make you be ultra competitive but that doesn't always lend itself very well to people um, not everyone likes that environment uh, so it can be quite a stressful environment I personally don't like the assessment center environment at all um, so I think yeah it's a 
It's an interesting concept. We have a number of, of customers that do virtual hiring events and they use Willow as part of that process. Um, but more broadly speaking, I think it's a, it's a really interesting direction for high volume, particularly entry level hiring is to create a virtual um, event and run it for a number of days. You know, it can be open 24 seven as well, which, you know, as you mentioned earlier is, is how candidates want to work these days because they can be anywhere. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of benefits to a virtual event, um, and definitely a space where Willow as a company will be looking more into in the future, but also there's, there's a lot of really interesting players already in the space building out these portals. Cool. So, you know, this question is coming. So how do you, how do you hire? What, what are the, the most important questions that you ask candidates to ensure that there's a, a proper and natural fit? Yeah. Um, so at the moment, and I guess this is maybe a little bit biased because it's a startup and startups are slightly different because uh, every, every employee obviously really counts in a startup, particularly when you're talking about your first 10 employees. If, if those first 10 don't quite fit and one of them is not quite right, it's very clear. Whereas in a 100,000 organization, you know, one employee doesn't really make any difference to the success of the company. Um, you'd have to be making a lot of role hours to, to screw a company that's that big up. But um, for a startup like Willow, it's really about the, the, the cultural fit. So that person, what are they actually bringing? But how do they also work? How do they operate? How do they solve problems? Can they also like, you know, thrive in a startup environment? Um, so if we look at our most recent hire, um, I'll talk about it because it's okay to talk about him. He's on LinkedIn. Um, we did a press release two days ago. Uh, we hired him as VP of finance. And he is a perfect example of, of my hiring process. So I basically met him for a coffee um, and he tried to like pitch me. I then met him for another coffee like three months later and then another coffee and then decided to go for wine with him and one of my team. And over the, like, the course of like five meetings um, in, in you know, really like relaxed environments over the course of six months, we decided that we were right to work together. And it was like, I love like what I mentioned earlier, it was a real two-way street. So, you know, Kevin's asking us questions. We're kind of on the spot. We're asking him questions. And it's really, it's almost, it's almost a little bit like dating, to be honest, in the, in the kind of those early hires, because they need to, they need to take a lot of boxes. Um, you need to really want to work with them every single day. Um, but they also need to, to have the assets you're looking for and bring the right skills to the table. Um, what's interesting as well about Kevin as, as, as an example again, is that I've never asked him for a CV. I never asked him for any like cover letter. He never sent me anything, right? He just, we just talked and, and like chatted and, and figured things out, did a lot of problem solving together. So, you know, when we met, I would bring challenges, um, to the, to the table and then we would chat through them together. And, and I think that's been really interesting. So. Yeah, from a startup perspective, it's really just about that person and it's verging or like dating, I guess, is what I would say. <laughs> Whereas uh, maybe in, in previous in previous lives, I was looking for, um, you know, again, the reason we created Willow, people that had really good personalities and good fits. Uh, I, what I'm as well looking for, you might say, well, you know, what does good personality look like? Um, it doesn't look like me. I'm not looking for a you know, personality to just like me, because that would be 
a terrible company if we all just looked like one person, uh, particularly me. Um, but what I'm looking for is people that you, you want to spend time with. A great a great test is would you want to spend like an afternoon with that person, or would you want to go for like dinner with that person? Yeah. I think that's a really good test. Well, congratulations on your dating with Kevin. You guys are now engaged <laughs> after six months, and I I hope to hate me for that. <laughs> um, that was that was great. Um, I I know we touched a little bit about this when I segued to on offboarding. But anything else in the roadmap you want to share about new features or updates regarding the platform that are coming? Well, it's timely that we're speaking today, Mark. Uh, we just launched uh, our biggest update in in a couple of years, uh, which was uh, some new integrations. So we inter- we introduced Workday, SAP Success Factors, and Ashby um, as integrations to our platform, which is very exciting. Um, but we also did a full overhaul of all of our integrations. So what this means is customers of any of those ATSs, um, we have a bunch of others like Greenhouse and Lever and Team Taylor, but those ATSs, those users can literally move candidates into a different stage in their ATS. Willow will then invite them to an interview. We will do the interview for you, and then we will send the interview back into your ATS, and you can review that at your own time. Um, and that's a obviously a nice automation time-saving piece for the employer, but it's also great for those candidates because more of them will get opportunities to be going through your pipeline. And um, so it's pretty pretty exciting to go through that today. And it went smoothly as well. So we did that at 6 a.m. UK time and it was all all done and dusted by 7 a.m. So that's pretty good. That's impressive. You don't look like you pulled an all-nighter. So that's... that's no, I know. Uh, it was most of the team. I can't really take much credit for the actual physical pressing of the keys on this one. Um, it was a really... A really cool project of a couple couple of months in the making, uh, but we have a few customers, quite large enterprise customers, where this is a requirement. Um, so it's quite close both to. So yeah, there's more integrations over the course of the year in the market as well. So um, we're looking at Oracle in the next few months, and uh, smart recruiters as well. Is another one. So a few more on the on the pipeline coming up, which is exciting. Um, and other than that, I'd overhaul the candidate experience which is, uh, is quite a scary piece. So the whole candidate journey from start to finish, we're doing a, an overhaul of that um, over the next month. And that will be exciting, but it's also very stressful because if we if we screw that up, candidates will tell us. <laughs> They'll tell us straight away. Uh, and we, we have thousands of them go through the platform every day. So it doesn't take long to get the feedback. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a big piece for us that we'll be doing doing it in small increments, small changes um, to the, the interview process until we you know, change the whole thing, give it a real upgrade. That's great. Um, I can't believe you did that today. How, and we, we didn't plan that at all. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how do you see the, the future of interviewing people remotely at scale? How, how do you see it evolving? And, you know, I, I normally, yeah. my notes normally say five to 10 years, but maybe five to 10 months might be more mm-hmm. appropriate. Like where yeah. they see it going. Um, so if you look at where we're going, a huge number of employers will never meet their candidates or their employees in the future in person. Um, and that's just a crazy thing to think about. Yes. Um, you know, they'll be, they'll be doing work for these employers potentially for tens of years and they may never meet those employers in person, which is crazy. Um, but that's where we're going. And I think one of the, the interesting directions 
from an interviewing perspective is how do you really, really get to know that person without ever meeting them? Um, and how do you make sure that's the right person? And where I'm going with this is that I think, and it may not be exactly how it should be, but I think testing and assessing candidates on multiple different levels is going to become more prevalent um, because employers will just never have the opportunity to meet people. They might have, they might end up with entire workforces um, that they've never met before. Well, actually, like forty percent of Willow employees I've never met in person. So that's already quite a large number of people that I've never met before. Um, and they're working with us for like, you know, two years now. Um, so I think that's quite interesting. One is how do you get to know these people better, particularly at scale when you can't meet them, even if you wanted to. Um, so yeah, I think that's an interesting one is how do you test and assess these candidates to make sure that they're right for you. Um, a good example is um, we have an airport customer. So they run a number of airports in the UK and the US. And they they do huge volumes, like 8,000 candidates a month, um, and which is just crazy. And they need to do that because they have such high churn. Um, but those kind of employers, if we're talking about high volume, they need to make sure that they're hiring the right people in. And one of the big criteria for them is that they can um, communicate and understand English. Um, and it's from a health and safety perspective. So for example, if they're in an airport, somebody shouts like ball over there, they need to understand the risks and actually, you know, communicate that there is danger over there and run away from the danger and tell other people. Um, and how do you assess that at scale? Like if you had to hire 8,000 people like, next month, how would you check that they could all speak English and understand English clearly? It's a real challenge. Um, and, you know, normally what happens in, in a lot of organizations is they just have to hire a lot of people to actually recruit and, and you know, test them all for their English. Um, but it's not very scalable, it's not very practical, and it definitely doesn't work when you're looking at a you know, globally distributed team. So, um, yeah, I think that'll be an interesting one is how do you test and assess these candidates at scale globally um, in a more automated way, but also, and that's what we spoke about at the start, in a candidate-friendly way. That's great. Um, so just in, in wrapping up, I, and we'll we'll include it in our, our show notes, but you could just where can people learn more about you and get in touch? Sure. Um, so I'm happy to direct people to either my LinkedIn so they can reach out on LinkedIn, um, learn more about Willow, or just chat about any of the hiring challenges. Um, it's always fun to hear about different hiring challenges. And then they can also visit willow.video, so W-I-L-L-O dot video, V-I-D-E-O. Uh, they can learn more about Willow, but they can also sign up for a free 15-day trial. And that's a proper trial as well. You can use Willow without a credit card. You can use it for 15 days. You can do a hiring campaign in 15 days if you want. Um, I don't really mind, but you can try it out there. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a proper test and trial period. No more yeah. these three. Proper days. test and trial. Yeah. You got all the features. Uh, you can do whatever you want with it. And you know, I'm not, I'm not going to cry if you don't end up using it at the end. Um, but it's a, it's a great option if you to, to test out and see it all. That's great. Well, Thanks, you, and it's been an awesome uh, podcast and uh, really enjoyed uh, learning more about your story. And uh, Willows, thanks so much for your time. Me too, Mark. Thanks for that. That was good. Thanks for tuning in to The New HR. We hope this episode has given you some fresh perspectives and practical ideas for improving your workplace. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to connect with us. 
And before you go, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and our YouTube channel so you don't miss any episodes. Until next time.